The Whole Ass, a podcast by millennial parents just working through how to give every moment their all. While you listen, nothing is off limits. The Whole Ass, use it or lose it. Welcome to the Whole Ass Podcast. You've got your hosts, Ava and Philip, and we appreciate you joining us for another episode. Special announcement this is episode 10. We've done 10 episodes of the Whole Ass Podcast, and we've got people to listen to them. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. So yeah. thank you all for that. That was our housekeeping, episode 10. That's really all we had. Exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting. So we're going to go ahead and dive into today's episode. Today we're going to talk about ADHD, ADHD. in adults. Um, I specifically would like to talk about it in women um, because I just got diagnosed with ADHD. I didn't just, maybe, I don't know, a couple, a year ago. Yeah. 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 I'm confused though. Why? Weren't you diagnosed with ADHD as a child? Yes. So you got diagnosed as an adult. So Mm -hmm. there's two different diagnoses that you're referencing, right? Like- you, do yeah. you feel like you kind of, oh, this is going to be questions also. I'm going to be asking some questions. I got questions. Do you feel like you got diagnosed as a child and then that faded away or you were no longer ADHD or it just got ignored because you had to be a human? So I feel, like, I feel like I got diagnosed as a kid in elementary school as like hyperactive ADD. Um, as a child who could not sit still and who, not, who did not do good in school. And I feel like that's all that was needed back in our day to be like, you need to be on medicine. So then I did take Ritalin. Oh, that was a question. Lop that one off. Oh, sorry. Um, when I was a kid and then wasn't really working, I didn't really, I had to like go to the nurse and take it. And I don't know, I was in like second or third grade and I was like trying to swallow pills and you know how that goes. Um, so I feel like that just didn't work. Maybe my mom could answer this better, but I think it just like went away and we decided like, I am who I am. So, and yeah. I just, like, wasn't good in school. And I think that's that's the thing. It was just, like, you aren't great in school. So you said it went away. And no, I'm no, wa- I'm not saying the ADD went away. I'm just saying the the pills and the even <laughs> thinking about it went away. Interesting. I would say my parents weren't, like, my parents are more, like, you you are who you are. Like, figure out your shit. Based on who you are, mm-hmm. um, I think they didn't want us to get judged or have less by like going into a class with like a learning disability or all of that. Like we, I I can't speak for my sister, but I did go into like a reading class and like a learning disabilities class. But then I was always like a little bit ahead of those kids, so like I didn't really fit anywhere. I was definitely not. Like, GT, whatever, and I wasn't gifted and talented. Oh. And I was not, I don't think I was, I needed to be in the, like, learning disabilities class. So I think my parents always took it as, like, you might just need to, like, try a little harder. Yeah. I don't know if that was the answer to it, but I do think that my my parents' stance is, like, we don't want to label you. We don't want you to have a harder time. And when you get out of school, you are going to be who you are. Like, you're not going to be able to, I mean, I guess you could take medicine forever, but I don't know if I, I think it would have been more helpful to have learned skills. And I didn't feel like, like, when I look back at my past in those learning disability classes, you weren't learning skills. 
I didn't feel. Mm -hmm. Like how to cope with reading or concentration or focus. So like I think I would have benefited from some of that. Like how to focus or how to like lean into your ADD in some ways. And then maybe like people in my life would understand it a little bit more. But I'm I mean, maybe I'm generalizing, but I don't feel like back in our day that was as much a thing. Yeah. So I was. And then I just went through life being like school's harder for me. Yeah. No, I can understand that. <laughs> I um I was thinking about what you were saying as you're going through it, like what your parents said about getting labeled. I think that that is fascinating because you're right. When you get the label attached to you with having a learning disability, it sticks with you. I taught students with learning disabilities. And even as a teacher who theoretically should have had an open mind and been available to help the children out and make sure that they learned, I had my own reservations or thoughts about, oh, this child has X, Y, Z, so the way that they're going to be taught or the things that we're going to go over or whatever needs to focus around this specific learning disability. And it was always like a teaching down to kind of experience. It was never a, yeah, you have ADHD. Cool. What can we do with that? How does that make you more successful? What's the benefit? What's the superpower? And one of the things that I believe I've heard you say is, There are benefits to having ADHD. There are things that you can do to help focus, but you have to learn them at a later state. So talk to us about what the burden is like to hold that um, ADHD diagnosis and to think, oh, I can figure out how to make this something I can use, but you have to start behind the eight ball at 35. Well, first I want to say that as I progressed and I went along in school, I was, like, surviving. And then I got to high school and, like, a huge high school. And then there was a problem where I was starting to fail. And it was like, what is Ava's future looking like? So my parents did pull me out and put me in a smaller school where I only had, like, 30 people in my class. Mm-hmm. Like, my whole graduating class. Um, and so I think that was my parents being, like, my kid needs more focus. And it's not going to happen in the public school. So, like, that was their way of knowing I had, like, something that needed help with. So, like, they did try to find their own solution, which ultimately did work for me because I graduated high school and I went to college. Stud. Um, But, yeah, I'm not, like, saying I knocked it out of the park with, you know, my under... Not undergrad. Well, even my undergrad. undergrad. I did do good in... I did do pretty good in college. But uh, before we go into questions, I wanted to read, if people don't know, about, like... ADHD symptoms and ADHD in women who are older. Cool. So I'm going to read because I don't want to get it wrong. So um, so ADHD symptoms in girls are often viewed as character traits rather than symptoms of a condition. For an example, girls might be described as spacey, forgetful, chatty, which I can identify with. Later in life, a woman might reach out for help for symptoms to only be diagnosed with depression or anxiety. Mm. Um, I think that this this is interesting. Um, women with ADHD face the same feelings of being overwhelmed and exhausted as men in the ADHD uh, community also feel. But this is where I feel like it was interesting. And our therapist talked to me about my uh, the beginning of my ADHD. I guess re-diagnosis, we'll call it. 
Um, our culture commonly expects women to fill the caretaker role when things feel out of control and it's difficult to organize, plan because of ADHD. Taking care of other things can feel nearly impossible. This is a societal pressure. Also may greatly increase women's feeling of inadequacy. So what what was explained to me, and I think I really held on to, was um, basically women with ADHD, when they get older, are basically found out when they have children. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm working. I found a job where I can go, go, go. And then for a second, I can take a break because I'm in the event industry. So when you have ADHD, you can, you can work at a very high rate of speed for like a decent amount of time. But then you'll crash. You have no like middle barometer kind of. You feel so, like you can't function at a steady pace. Yeah. So it's either you're running or you're sleeping <laughs> in work work world. So like I kind of in my 20s found a job where in the event industry, a lot of your events are like cyclical. So I could work at a high rate of speed very quickly, go to events, be on it. I'm a people person. I'm like in your face. And then when the event season was slow, I was also slow. Um, and that worked for me in my 20s. But what doesn't work for me now that I have kids is this like environment where I have to keep the kids going 24-7, 365 days a week while also holding a full-time job and trying to figure that out. So I think that's like when women get found out a little bit is, oh, you have ADHD and you are surviving in the situation that you created in your job environment, but then adding kids on top of it is too much to juggle. And so instead, what this is saying is you get labeled with anxiety or depression, which maybe you also have, but it's more that you haven't learned how to manage and then it's all just feeling overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so then you step into like avoidance. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I can see that. Like when you paint that picture that way, you can see the, you're like a bear. Bold (laughs) statements by a husband. This is rather that like dumb ways to die (laughs) where you call your wife a bear but you're like a bear where you get you're functioning all year and then it's hibernation time which is the event industry slowing down so then you go to sleep with the event industry your events are over and then you have to start up again but now somebody's coming into your den and saying nope get up you got to have these kids all the time and you're like but wait it's my hibernation period but that doesn't matter because Mm -hmm. you get to carry full that full carry forth that full functioning person throughout hibernation time and you don't know how to adjust. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's, that's a. And the thing is I can like rise to the occasion with my kids because I love them and I care about them and I want the best for them. It's just the added element of work on top of it. But then after we had miles and I went to part time work when I was home with the kids full time, I also realized like that's not, who I, I just don't want to be a stay-at-home mom all the time. So, but my energy or my mental capacity really can only handle one thing. So I'm figuring out now how to juggle everything. How do you feel that's going? Some days better than others. Yeah. I think when it starts revving up, I do get a little bit like you can do it because I, when you have ADHD, you can run at a high rate of speed. But what our therapist has said to me is you can only do it for so long. So it's like, when will you crash? And if I crash at the wrong place, especially in work, and I can't get revved back up, it's not a good situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I'm just like trying to be like open and honest about it. Um, 
I think a lot of people in the event industry probably have ADHD. We're people, we're people, people, and we like to go, 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 and we like to wake up at 3 a.m. and jump in dumpster. Like, like people that I've found that work in the event world are very similar personalities to me. Um, so I don't know. I, it's doable. I'm just trying to find the balance of having kids and, and doing my job. So you think that there's a stigma attached to ADHD. I think we blanket can say that. And then there's a stigma attached to having ADHD as a woman, an adult mm-hmm. woman, because it doesn't get diagnosed as ADHD. You've got other woman issues that you can easily get lumped into. So can you walk us through, like, before this ADHD diagnosis, were there things that you felt or you heard that could have been other uh, diagnoses for you, like the depression and anxiety pieces? Did you have those? Do you have those? Are they things that you feel were masked as ADHD was masked as, or do you feel like you still have them? Can you just like, I think after, I think any woman who's had children can agree that after you have a child, you're like, am I depressed? Do I have anxiety? What is happening? What are these hormone feelings? So I do feel, um, as though I had definitely like right after kids, some anxiety and I've definitely new anxieties that I've never had in my life since having kids, which we can talk about another episode but um i think when i look back at them now that the kids are getting older and we're in a a groove where they sleep at night and you know you're not like as sleep deprived um i think it was all ad i think it was all my adhd i think i was just like in a dip kind of thing um but i think you can have both and i do think sometimes i have more anxiety than i like to give myself credit for but mm-hmm. um i yeah i think it i think it's my my ADHD and yeah. Did you put your hand on your hip when you went into that dip? <laughs> um, that is, I think that's crazy. It's crazy that we go through this life without the appropriate tools to function. And, you know, there, I'm sure there are women out there who are having the same experience that have no idea what the fuck is going on and why they feel yeah. all over the place all the time. You know, you hear about some of the moms who turn to, like, wine and Xanax and all of these things because they're just trying to function in a world that's telling them that they have to go, 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 and they can't figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. I also would like to share with everybody that our therapist also recommended that I could have ADHD and that it's not a blanket diagnosis. And when she told me, I was like, uh, what? That's not possible. Like, I would have been told about it in school. I never would have gotten into GT, which we just called Target, but gifted and talented. Yeah. Essentially, to say that when I heard it, that I might have ADHD, I had a very, not me. That's not possible. And then as she described my actions (laughs) of not being able to focus on things, liking to be able to change scenery while I'm at work, traveling, coming home, switching my brain in and out, being able to do 15 things at the same time, reading multiple books at once. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, no, that's not, that's not like, and I don't want to say normal. That's not the traditional sense of brain function that I thought I had. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that I'm broken or wrong, which is the thing that I think when I, even when I heard that you were diagnosed with ADHD, I was like, cool, we can attach strategies or process to try and fix what we've been told is wrong. And that's the wrong mentality because doesn't mean that the person is broken it doesn't mean that this child is is a bad influence or has like 
It's just their brain is functioning in a different fashion yeah. that's breaking away from the norm. And because we get so norm-focused in our society, any of that will break our mind. And so I want to try and unpack that stigma, even if it's right here with our 38 well. followers, to <laughs> say, like, this stigma does is not necessary because it doesn't mean that Ava's any different. If I knew you had ADHD when we met, I wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm not <laughs> dancing with her. You know? Yeah, I think the thing about I, I think the thing about what maybe is funny to some people is that like, oh yeah, you got re-diagnosed, but didn't you already know you had ADD when you got diagnosed in like second grade? But like, yeah, I think I attached like that diagnosis to school and I got through school and college and was like, I am now my own person who can decide what my career is. So I think I attached ADD to like the school system. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean it's like what you're saying is the way your brain is working. And the one thing, once I got re-diagnosed, I started doing some digging, listening to some other ADHD podcasts. And the big thing is when um, it kind of changed for people with ADHD, because you're right, the the school system and the way our society was built in America doesn't fit for people like this. But you know what it used to? Hunter and gatherers. Yeah. Farming. Like people that used to be able to go, go, go and be outside. Um, so what what was that change in the Industrial Revolution or whatever? Yeah, 1900s when cities happened and it became a nine-to-five workday yeah. and Ford created the, um, the assembly line. So before then, you can think about people who had ADHD probably working in, in the farming industry and stuff like that. So I do think a lot about that, and I talked to Philip about it, is like I know I'm happier when I go outside. But a lot of times during my day, the only time I go outside is when I take my kids to daycare or like they go play outside. I don't know what job you could do right now that I would want to do where I would be a farmer. I'm just saying like I think like our society was just uh, built in a way that everyone used to fit into them to their spots. There were more opportunities for people's personalities yes. to thrive. yes. What's really crazy to me, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, you always hear, I was on the treadmill this morning and she was talking about how you keep your upper body completely straight so it looks like a swan on the surface and then your legs are moving like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with ADHD, it's a pretty accurate representation. You're trying to keep the facade yeah, and then your mind, which is your legs in this case, is going buck wild. And the thing I've noticed that I really... I think the space that you exist in is a representation of your mind. Hopefully not this space because that would be weird. But like my office, if I'm on camera, what you see behind me is completely clean. What's on the floor, what's on my desk, what you can't see is a shit show. Like it's bonkers. There's shit everywhere. And even when I clean it up, it goes back to that. And I know Ava's laughing because it drives her crazy, but this is an interesting representation of our differences in ADHD. It's like, that's my mind. I got piles of shit over here. I got piles of shit over there. I know where things are that I need to get done, but they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. And my mind will feel that way on a regular basis. Like, I am all over the place. The crazy thing is, I was associating ADHD and ADD with not being intelligent my whole life because that's what my parents harped on. You can't get a diagnosis like this because you already have the card stacked against you. You get a diagnosis, you're going into a program and you're not going to get an education. And that is true, 
But that's a that's a different topic for a different time. But the thing for me is, when I heard the ADHD diagnosis, I was so jaded about like, oh, you can't say that to me. But then I look around, I'm like, well, no fucking shit. Like, look at everything. Yeah. Like, look at everything that I do or or how I function. It makes sense. Well, that's one thing that I think about because like me and our therapist talk about, should I go on medicine? Should I not? And I go back and forth with right now where I'm at is I don't really want to be on medication. I want to figure out what works for me because I don't – yes, I would love to, like, hyper-focus every day and, like, get all my work done. But I also would like to figure out, like, what makes me happy mm-hmm. with who I truly am. Mm-hmm. And I think that's possible because that's the other thing. I am – when I start putting my mind to shit, I'm very fast. I'm very fast at getting shit done. I'm very fast at cleaning up. I'm very fast at, like, doing work and whatever. I'm very quick at it, and I'm very creative, and those are things that I don't want to be, like, stunted. So I feel like I'm just, like, on a journey of my creativity. And this podcast has been part of it because I do the editing now, and it's gone over to other parts of my life, and I was very, like, no, I don't want to do the editing. And now I'm, like, I guess I didn't really see that as, like, a creative outlet, but it is. So these are new things that I'm learning and that's my thing. That's that's where I'm at now. I'm not saying I wouldn't take medication or whatever or there's a negative connotation against it because I do think it helps. But that's where I am. I want to figure out this is who I am. Let's just figure out the right way to work with who, with who I am. So let's talk about some things with ADHD and working from home. How do you <laughs> feel like ADHD influences you working from home? Does working from home help with it, hurt it? Do you feel like it's good, bad? Like, how do you feel about your situation? Well, for a while there before the holidays, I was working. My office was like a mess. I don't know if because, well, ADHD. And because of like the holidays, everything just started getting shoved in there. So I started working from the kitchen. And my productivity was great work-wise and like cleaning-wise. I would clean the kitchen because I was staring at it. And I felt productive at work. And so one thing I realized, though, is I do go back into my office because I do like my office now that it's cleaned up. And I'm work productive, but sometimes I feel like I get stuck in my office. Why can't I leave? Why can't I eat lunch at the counter? Why can't I go on a walk? Why am I stuck? It is no one's fault except my own brain. (laughs) Um, So I think it's good, but I do think I'm a people person. And the hard part about my job is in the fall and when we do events – and when I'm out on event, it's great. Like, it feeds my energy, it feeds my soul, and I like it. Um, but when we're not, it's hard to, to, to keep up because I am just at home. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you travel, it's just me at home, mm-hmm. me with my friends on the screen in the Zoom call, and the kids. So I think it's hard. I think about, like, but I wouldn't thrive in an office environment. I would just get to talk to too many people. I would go procrastinate my way around the office. So I think working from home is good. I think I just need to find my right balance. And I've been trying to with my morning meditation. I've been giving myself a daily timeline. Can you talk to us about that morning meditation, what it does for you? Yeah, so it's I do 15 minutes of when I'm eating. This is the other thing I said to my therapist, our therapist. 
I feel like I have no constant. Like, I have no thing that I do every day. Like, people talk about routines. I have no fucking routine. And I'm not good at making a routine. I always try, and then I don't. And she said, what do you do every day? And I was like, I have a cup of coffee and I eat breakfast. That's something that I have to do. And I enjoy my two cups of coffee. And she said, you should do, like, a written down meditation or whatever you want to call it while you're eating breakfast and your coffee. Mm -hmm. Don't turn on any technology, whatever. So I turn on this deep focus playlist on Spotify. I set my timer for 15 minutes and I drink my coffee and eat my um, English English muffin. muffin With cream cheese. (laughs) English muffin with cream cheese. Um, And I do, I have three sections. I do a timeline of my day broken out by hours. So I'll put in my meetings. But like today I have like nine to 10 do work and I have like the two or three things that I have to get done in that hour. And then I have, like, podcasts, and I have working again. Then I have clean the kitchen. So I have everything broken out by hour times. I don't always stick exactly to them. And then I have a to-do list for, like, work and life. And then I have my intentions for the day. I just – I always felt like I was just getting through the day, and I was like, what was that? <laughs> like, what was that? What I was happened? I was just surviving. Like, did I enjoy any part of that day? Anything. So – um, I had just wrote one intention to, of the day was to not feel overwhelmed when I go to bed, like with things that I didn't do. Um, but most of my day, most of my intentions, I always write, I want to feel accomplished at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Cause I felt like that was one thing I was missing before I started this meditation. And I will say, I don't do it every day. I do try to do it every day, but this is the longest I've probably ever stuck to something. And it's been like five months. I mean, you... <laughs> Uh, you heard me typing because I am jealous. I have no, I have no um, routine. Neither us do at all. Yeah, like I am just always going, mm-hmm. and I, I don't. I don't drink coffee. I don't eat breakfast. I don't have any thing that like anchors me to the day. And when I work from home. I feel out of control because I am in control. There is no, there's nothing that has to happen during that time. And the thing for me that really has helped, like as I've, God, what is the past tense of dive? Dove in, dove, dove, dove into, doved, doved, dove into, like dove it- into. Now it sounds stupid. You ever, you ever do that where you repeat you a word five times and it's like, like that word sounds dumb? Like lozenge? Lozenge. Yeah, say Go that down 15 that road. times. Uh, also, look up how to spell lozenge. Just going to leave it at that. Uh, I learned something new. You, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of lozenges out there. But yeah, I once I dived into this. Dove into. Dove into this? Yeah. Okay, we got to keep going. Once I jumped off the springboard and landed in the water of this, mm-hmm. uh... I, I realized that I don't even remember what I don't remember. See, ADHD. Ha! It just happened. You heard it here, folks. It happened live. I started with a subject. I got distracted. And now I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. What was I talking about? I don't know. Shit. <laughs> well, you were talking That's about the end work- of the podcast. Thank you, were- you guys for tuning in. <laughs> you were talking <laughs> about happened. working from home. Working from home and how I'm in control. But that also means that I can do whatever my mind tells me I should do, which is a lot of squirrel focus. And I'm like, oh, well, I need this from the store. But I got to marinate this meat because it's got to be ready to go later. But I got to stop doing this. And that's one thing I, I think that we need to focus on as a couple, too, 
and that we're working on talking to each other about is your passion is cooking. So if you ADHD'd and could focus on cooking all the time, you'd be you'd be like fucking a Michelin star chef. You know, but it's like that doesn't pay the bills right now. So like that's where we're at. But that's what I'm saying about like leaning into who you are and what truly makes you happy. Your your yeah. ADHD mind will focus on because that brings you joy. Yeah. And it's like cooking brings you joy. So like anytime I feel like Philip doesn't have something to do, he's like cooking or like figuring something out or like dethawing meat. So that's your passion, but it's just like for the record, dethawing would be freezing meat, but thawing meat, I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna put that in the dethaw? I sure am. <laughs> we gotta come up with a better name for this thing at the top of this refrigerator. <laughs> this dethaw is really taking up space. <laughs> but yes, you're right. I and when you're cooking I feel like ADHD lends itself to cooking because yeah. there's 50 things going on. Like, people are like, I want a simple meal that goes through and I can put it in one pot. I'm like, I want 17 pots, 37 utensils. I want to have to do a little dishes in the middle of it, so I have to use these things. And it, like, gets my mind hyper-focused. And then at the end, you're like, that's what I just did. That's what I accomplished. And the other thing about ADHD I think maybe you feel is you don't accomplish anything in a no. digital space. So you don't have anything tangible to look mm-hmm. back on and say, I did this. At the end of the day, you're like, okay, the computer's closed. Everything I did, and this is this is like, get ready to get fucked up. Everything that I did, I just closed in a laptop. I don't know what happened outside yeah. of that day. Yeah. I want to do something tangible. Yep. I want to feel something. I need tactile satisfaction, which mm-hmm. I love completing something. People yeah. say, wow, that tile is nice. Did you do that? And I say, yes. And Ava asked me to do, or didn't want me to do it. I wanted to do it. And when I did that tile, it's the only house project that I've been like, that's me. That's me on a wall. (laughs) And every tile I put up was a completion. It felt so good. And we lack that every day in a digital work environment. So you're talking, your point about farmers or the different types of, professions that you could have before the industrial revolution i think is very salient because it absolutely was possible you could do all these different things that suited what you're good at and used your skills and it was you know just rewarding you didn't have all of the negative this isn't happening pieces going on so i think about that a lot i think about that a lot especially as i go through now and the stigma is a piece that i I feel like we should do in another episode the stigma of all of these diagnoses and what it means because it's what holds me back 70% from just chasing my passion is the stigma. If I started a food truck, is somebody going to judge me because I'm on a food truck and I have a college degree? It Do I have ADHD? What does that mean about my ability to learn, perform, do things at work, etc.? This is all stigma stuff that comes yeah. to mind that plays into See, those are things I our don't, everyday life. Those are things that I don't care about. I feel like you are very good at not really giving a shit about those pieces. You know, like you're very much like, okay, you feel that way. Cool. Have a good day. You know, I am trying to. Well, yeah, I think there's things that I care what other people think about. And then there are things that I literally don't at all. Yeah. It's like it's like one or the other. And what I'm trying to move towards to towards is. If it makes you happy, that's literally the only thing that matters. Oh, my God. Sing the song in your mind right now when if you said that. If it makes you happy. Also, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. 
Ooh, boy. So, like, do it. Also, like, who cares? Also, I just think sometimes we care too much about what people that we literally don't even know what you're worried about. The person that's walking to the food truck and ordering from you. They don't know that you own the food truck, how much it goes into whatever, how much you're probably making bank off a food truck. Like, they don't know. And, like, people are so judgmental these days. You can't care. People are very judgmental. It's, like, extra judgmental. I'm judgmental, too. I am, too. I just, I, but my judgment is, (laughs) is, is not. My judgment is not there if you're doing something that makes you happy. If you're doing something that makes you happy and you're feeling success at it, I don't – cool. I'm like yeah. your biggest cheerleader. I probably judge other things, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm, – I'm, I will not say I'm perfect on not caring what people think, but I am on the almost over the edge. And I think a lot of people say that when they get to 40 – that that's one thing they stopped caring about. Was what? What people think. Mm. Or mm. like opinions or like justifying your actions. Like you like you told me the other day when I was trying to justify all my thoughts about how I was feeling. And you were like, you stopped and said, if you're feeling that way, that's your only justification you need. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to be happy and that's your reason, do it. Yeah, <laughs> like, you don't need the validation. Also, I'm least. shaking my head like other people can see it. But well, I'm saying. We got video. I know. I'm just saying. If if it makes you happy, or if in your heart it's telling you something, you don't need to justify it every way till side like till Tuesday because I I can come up with all the reasons why I shouldn't and should not do something, why I should and should not do something, till I'm blue in the face and give you the argument. But why can't we just stop ourselves and say, "Hey, this is how I feel right now, and I'm gonna do it." Yeah. Like, why do we have to justify it to anyone? Except maybe your spouse. No, not even then. If it's like hindering or something. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't agree. Know. Stop like apologizing and figuring things out. We just got off topic with ADHD. But we that, did. That makes sense. But I think that's really it for now. I mean, I'm happy to talk about it more, but I just want other, especially women, I'm just going to say, who probably didn't get diagnosed when they were younger, who have these feelings of, am I being able to juggle it as a mom? Yes, you are. You are juggling it. And just because you feel like you don't say, oh, I nailed it at the end of every day, does not mean you're not doing a great job. Also, I think evaluating your life and saying, what would make me happy? Yeah, if it's not a hell Instead yes, of maybe, it's a no. Yeah. Instead of like jumping on the anxiety and depression meds. I'm all for them, but I think that there might be something you have to unlock in yourself to find your happiness. And usually, you're avoiding it. Wow. That's me. Strong words I'm from a, Ava today. I'm a big avoider. Oh, I, I was going to. We had an inspirational message there. Also, very nice of you to be candid with your feedback about the things that you're feeling and your ADHD and, you know, yeah. how how other people can benefit from it. I hope it, you know, brings clarity to some people. It's helped me. Just hearing about your ADHD journey has helped me grow, expand, and now begin my own. So I appreciate it. But so that's going to wrap up what we're talking about with ADHD. And we're going to end it by doing our game, right? Which is our love it or hate it game. Do you have something? I do. Oh, I had something that went out my head. 
<laughs> I wrote mine down because okay. I was afraid of that happening. You call somebody on the phone and you tell them a problem you're dealing with. They give you advice. Do you hate that or love it? I have a caveat. Oh, but you can't. You got to choose one. And then you can give us your caveat. I usually love it because I'm seeking that. I usually don't want to hear it sometimes. I think one of the things that, like, my good friends and I have gotten better at doing, or we always say, God, I should have been better at doing that, is calling and saying, blah, 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 blah. And then that friend says, are you seeking advice or are you just wanting someone who listens? So I think that part of it is if someone calls you for advice saying, do you want my advice or do you just want me to listen? So you love it, but you want to be better about asking the clarifying question. Yeah, and I... I, I think people asking would be would be better because I think our friends or our loved ones really are happy to just listen. Um, but they but I think as adults, we like to solve problems for people or solve the problem at hand. And everyone has a freaking opinion. So I, I would say that's usually what I'm seeking if I'm calling someone and complaining. But I would like to be asked because sometimes I do just want to complain. Interesting. That is not the ex- response I expected you to have. Yeah. Cool. That's it for today, I guess. That's my response today. Yeah. Yeah. You? I hate it. Yeah, I know. I don't I don't want any fucking advice. I am not and I I'm not usually calling somebody with like a oh, here's a situation, can you tell me what's going on? I'm usually calling just to talk and then I'm in like a bitch fest. Mm-hmm. I've already figured out what I'm going to do about almost all the issues. Deep I'm down I'm not seeking advice. I'm seeking an audience. so Maybe you should tell people that when you call. I don't really have this happen that often because I don't yeah. call that many people. Um, and I usually it usually is a conversation that leads to something, and there's a very easy way for me to transition into it. There are certain people that I will call who will ask a question, I will respond with an answer, and then they will give advice in response to something they asked about, which I'm like, I did not call you. I did not seek advice. You asked me a question. I gave you an answer. I do not need you to talk to me about this. Yeah. That frustrates me. But I hate it. Like, And I do try to ask now more because I can't remember where I heard this. It's probably in therapy. Thanks, JLB. <laughs> but it was that we should be open to, hey, are you seeking to just tell me about this? Or are you seeking to try and improve it? Let me know. Because it's really going to dictate if I give you a false time constraint and try and get off the phone. Or... If I'm going to listen to what you have to say, you know, like it, like it plays into the conversation and it's another one of those things where you just, it's okay to be like, yeah, I just want you to listen to me, bitch. Cool. Let's do it. You know? And I, I agree with that, but I hate it anyway. Love it or hate it. I think that's a good one. We that's can just wrap with that. Cool. Thank you guys for listening. Please like, follow, subscribe, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You know where they're at. Apple music, Google podcasts, Spotify, etc. Uh, shoot us an email if you have any suggestions for future topics, things you want to hear about. We love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for getting us to 10 episodes. You all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye. That's it. Thanks for listening to the Whole Ass Podcast. We love that you are part of the Whole A family. If you are enjoying the podcast, please like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and share with your friends. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. 
If you have topic suggestions or want to let us know how you are using your whole ass, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at thewholeasspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time.